We are here today with Yuval Ron, and we are getting ready to welcome him and his ensemble to Mile High Church on Friday night, April 12th at 7 p.m. Welcome. It's so wonderful to meet you. We've been just chatting a little bit before our recording started about how exciting it is to be coming together in this beautiful way. So thank you for being willing to come and serve all of us in our wonderful community. We're so looking forward to it. Yeah, same here, same here. I feel that there is something very special about your church. When when I looked at the website and I've seen the variety of programming and the openness and the open heart and the love that I feel through the website and the kind of programming you're hosting, that I feel this is where we're going to feel at home. We yes. Yes, I think that's true, and I think uh, how we feel is with the openness that we are as a community to all traditions and all people from all faiths, that your uh, wonderful work just is a perfect fit to help inspire and uplift our community, and our members are very excited uh, about your arrival, and we just want them to get a sense of what you're about and your mission is about and what they're going to experience when they arrive. So tell us a little bit about how did you, how did you step into this beautiful work? Yes. Uh, I was born and raised in Israel, and I came to the United States to study music in Berkeley College of Music in Boston, and I studied jazz and music for mm-hmm. films, and, uh, and that brought me to Los Angeles to do work, music for various films. And throughout my career, I was always drawn to sacred music, to sacred mm-hmm. prayers from different traditions. Um, and I've started researching the Christian Armenian tradition growing up in Israel. I've, I, I used to go to Jerusalem and hear the Armenian church hymns, and it really opened my heart, and I felt there's something very deep there. And I was attracted to uh, different Yemenite Jewish uh, traditions and Christian um, Georgian, uh, Russian, Orthodox church hymns. And it was always something very centering and deep that I was attracted to. And I've researched it for myself for almost 30 years. Uh, As a composer, I've researched the building blocks of all those traditions. And then I went into the Islamic Sufi mystical traditions from Turkey, first from Turkey, then from Pakistan and India, and from Egypt and Iraq. And I've traveled to all those places. I've spent time in the deserts with the Bedouins, with the indigenous tribes of the Middle East. And I learned from them, and I, I gather all that, and it, in around 2000, uh, when the millennium just started, I felt a certain calling to do something with all this knowledge that I gathered for myself. It, it was always my own interest, and I was the center of it. it was, I'm, I was doing this for myself, to enrich myself. And in 2000, suddenly, I reached a point where I wasn't really seeing myself. I was seeing the communities, the people around the world that I felt that I, I had a calling to share my research with, the, the research of the sacred music of the Abrahamic faiths, the, the commonality, the fact that we, have, we, are, we are branches coming from one tree and our roots are same roots. Mm-hmm. And I thought through music, we can really demonstrate that to people. And, so it's really a mission of promoting peace around the world. This is, this is really the thing that underlines the whole 
work that I do is to promote more harmony, more peace, more brotherhood and sisterhood and, and seeing how similar we are and how the differences are spices. The differences between the different traditions are like spices that divine put in this world. So this world will be interesting. So this world will be rich. You know, imagine everything, if, if everybody will eat the same kind of bread, if everybody's going to eat the same kind of tomato sauce for their pasta, it would be a very monochrome yes. world. And the world is not meant to be like that. Yeah, excuse me for the phone. I'll give the phone to my assistant so she can answer the phone. Um, so um, that, that's how I see that the variety that we have in this world is a gift. Mm-hmm. And, and we should use that to develop reverence to each other, the fact that there are differences. So, so I like to bring sacred music from early Christian traditions, very, very early Middle Eastern traditions like the Coptic Church of Egypt and the Armenian Church and the Greek and the Maronite, which is an early mm-hmm. Catholic tradition from Lebanon and Israel. Very, very, very early, early, early tradition. They sing still in Aramaic and in Arabic. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'd like to bring that and present that with reverence. And then I bring something from the Islamic tradition, the mystical Islamic tradition, and present it to audiences with reverence. And then the Jewish tradition from different countries around the world. And that work led me to places that we never even imagined. For example, uh, the government of Korea in 2005 contacted my ensemble and asked, we, we want to do something on the border with North Korea. We want to reach out to them with music. Wow. We want to build a huge stage on the border in the demilitarized zone, and we want you to come and perform there a concert for peace for the North Koreans. And... We did that. Um, in 2008, the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu uh, had a big conference in Seattle called Seeds of Compassion mm-hmm. about how to bring more compassion to everyday life. And they invited my ensemble to be the leading artist uh, opening the conference in the gala concert in the Opera House in Seattle. Uh, we've received an uh, invitation from the King of Morocco in 2009 to come to perform a concert in Morocco. And it was very, very moving. Um, we've been to Turkey, Poland, India, Cuba, all over the world and all over the United States with that mission over the last two years. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the most rewarding and inspiring work uh, that, that I can imagine for myself as a musician. Sure. So and it, feels, it feels like music is a great modality to do this work because music is so heart, heart opening. It just music just for me anyway, opens my heart in such a way that um, I feel a, a, a great sense of unity in the presence of beautiful music, heart stirring music. And I, and from what I've can, I can see from the videos I've watched of your ensemble, no matter what artist you've got with you, you always seek to have this heartful experience. My, my, my colleague, Reverend Simon said uh, that your work isn't just a concert. It's an experience, right? Heart opening experience. Yeah. Every concert for me, it, it is entertainment, but entertainment is the bottom on the bottom of the list. Yes, sure. In the beginning for us, a concert, our concerts are a prayer. 
our mm. community meeting, our uh, a, a theater, storytelling, um, uh, group therapy. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's a tribal communion. It's it's so many different things. It's a meditation. It's a contemplation. I have a little anecdote for you. Um, uh, several years ago, we were in Seattle again in Seattle University, which is a Jes- Jesuit university. Mm-hmm. And they've invited us many times to come to the university and perform. And one of the concerts, uh, there was a reception afterwards, and the president of the Jesuit Seattle University uh, went on the podium to say a few words at the reception right after the concert ended. And he stood there, and somebody whispered in my ear saying, uh, this man is incredible. He's, he's got a PhD in so many different things, but especially he has a PhD in Christian prayer, like all the different kinds of Christian prayers he studied. He, he made his PhD on on varieties of Christian prayers. Wow. So he, he is the president of the university, and he goes up and he says to the audience, I feel that now, after this concert, I've, during this concert, I, I've made my prayers for the whole coming week. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, done it, I've done it for the coming week. Oh, you know? wow. So it was a deep experience for him, clearly. Uh, and he considered it uh, a deep experience of prayer, although he was in the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do encourage people to sing along, to clap along. We encourage them to dance, to, to be part of it mm-hmm. in any way that they can. Mm-hmm. So we break the fourth wall right away in the beginning. But I want to tell you about the, the, the power of sound. Like you pointed out, that you feel that the sound opened the heart. And it's really true. And although I, I tell stories, I tell um, little tales in between the songs and I give inspirational ideas in between the songs that, which I share, I always start with music. I never, never go on stage and start with a word. I always start with sound because I feel that sound harmonizes myself and the audience and open our hearts for the words, for the message. But first the sound has to open our heart and melt our heart and bring us to this place that we are not on guard. We're not sitting in our normal consciousness. We always have a little bit of a guard. You know, it's us and and, and we, we, we take care of ourselves, which is normal. It's part of evolution. You know, we have this ability to kind of guard ourselves in a way that we tells our brain, our consciousness tells us that we are separated and that's part of the way we guard ourselves. We are separate. But with the sound and with prayer, we bring us to a place that we realize that we're not separate. Right. We are one. And that almost is scary for some people. Yes. But the music make it in a way that is not scary. You see, the sound is not threatening, usually. And at the end of the concert... Everywhere we go around the world, at the end of the concert, there's a curious thing. People don't want to go home. (laughs) People luger. It's not that they want to hear more music. You know, they they give us applause and we give an encore and we give another encore. They, they, They get all the music that they want. But then... People want to just hang around. They want and to stay in that atmosphere, right? Exactly. Yeah. They, they don't want to, to go back to that 
sense of separation. They want to stay in the space and with the people. And there's a certain light in the eyes. You know, you look at the eyes and you see, you see radiating light coming from the eyes because the eyes are not blocking it. Mm-hmm. The eyes of the people after the concert just let go of that guard. They let people see the light that radiates. Mm. And the light is there all the time. It's just that we don't let it come out. So it, it's a wonderful experience. And, and we always make a point to go. The artists of my ensemble always go to the lobby or they go to the social hall. We always stay there. And, and we played in some you know, very large halls sometime. Sometimes we do intimate concerts. Sometimes we play in front of thousands of people, you know, in, in concert hall, in opera halls. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the staff, and the crew in those opera halls, they're not used to that. They, mm-hmm. they keep the artists way separated in yes, a separate room. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It's very difficult to get to the lobby. It, it, it's almost, you know, and we tell them that after the concert that we would like, we wish to go to the lobby and meet the audience. And they say, what? You want, you want to go to the lobby now? You don't want to close yourself in the green room? They, they're not used to that. But we, insi- we insist that we wish to go and meet the people and hang with them. We usually hang for about a, at least an hour. Wonderful. And, wow. and people ask us questions. People wow. have personal sharing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes amazing sharing. So people come to us and say amazing things and and they sometimes have a, a question sometimes they have a personal story uh they have an insight um sometimes they they come they go to their car and they come back with a little gift it, it's oh. amazing they uh they go to the car and they just find something in the car <laughs> a disc a shirt a bottle of wine i don't know what sometimes they just have this wish to give us something um you know, when we were in Alaska, um, I remember people came to us. They were inc- incredibly generous. I think something about Alaska, it's, a, it's on the frontier. And mm-hmm. people came to us after the concert and said, can we cook you a meal? Can we take you around? Can we show you the glaciers? Can you come for a dinner? You know, like completely very, very open and very indir- very direct. That's beautiful. Uh, we, we ended up having two, uh, two home meals with people that just begged us to come and be their guest and we, we, it just happened <laughs> it happened to us in uh in uh in manhattan kansas i remember there was a group of students we were in the university a group of students after the show came to us and said could 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 you come to our students uh dormitories we're going to cook a feast for you we, we just want you to come and be with us um and we went, we went, and it was incredible. They treated us like, you know, VIPs, and they were so moved by the concert. They wanted the experience to, to continue. That's beautiful. Wow, wonderful. Well, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what will the elements of the Or Ensemble be when you come here to Denver to Mile High on April 12th? Uh, what kind of players, singers? dancers will you be bringing that night yeah we have uh, our lead singer who is uh, from morocco and she's a wonderful wonderful singer named elinor and uh beautiful beautiful voice and she has all these different styles you can do beautiful performer um and our drummer jamie uh papish 
Uh, he's going to be playing drums. We have a bass player named Pete Jacobs mm-hmm. and myself on Oud. I played the lute, the ancient biblical lute, you know, mm-hmm. the King David played probably. Um, we have uh, several uh, guest musicians. One is uh, a dancer from Boulder that comes from a Celtic Irish background. She's going to be dancing, um, kind of bringing the light and being the goddess that bringing the light to the space. Oh, wonderful. Uh, and, and it's kind of angelic, uh, the, the divine mother that is coming and blessing us. So, uh, so she will be there. Uh, we have a keyboard player, an accordion player named Sheldon Sands from Boulder, from the Jewish community of Boulder. We have um, a drummer. Th- these are the guest musicians from Denver area. Wow. Uh, David Inahosa from Ecuador originally mm. is going to bring the t- indigenous tradition of Latin America with the drums and percussion. It's oh, wonderful. Very exciting. We have a sitar player from India that will represent Asia, India, and Pakistan. His name is BJ. And um, we have a, a kid, a teenager, I believe, a prodigy from, uh, from your community named Evan, who's going to oh. play the guitar with us. Yes, he played on Sunday. That's great. Mm-hmm. Very excited to have him. He's going to be featured in one of the songs. Um, there's uh, an African-American singer that just recently came to audition to the church choir, and they referred her to me, and she was singing. I think her name is Evelyn or Jocelyn. Uh, she was added very recently. Mm. She's going to sing with us. And the choir of Miracle High, we have 35 singers coming. Oh, great. A part of our choir from Mile High? Oh, that's great. 35 singers from the Miracle High Choir and one singer from the Jewish Hebrew Chorale of uh, Denver. One singer is willing to come because it's Friday night and a lot of the Jewish community, they go on Friday night to the temple. I, I, I talk to as many contacts that I have in Denver and I tell them, look, I understand Friday night is a, is a traditional prayer time. But what we are doing here in this concert is pursuing peace. It's yeah. bringing people, and, 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 th- and this is the highest prayer I can imagine. Mm-hmm. So, so consider it a prayer. Mm-hmm. No, consider it a prayer. Exactly. So, so one, one of the singers, it, it touched her heart. Maybe more singers will join in the next two weeks. I haven't heard from all of them yet, but one of them already responded that she's coming. She's learning the material. She's coming to sing with us. I think that, oh, we have one uh, Turkish Sufi Muslim singer from Denver that is coming to sing with us, uh, the one uh, Sufi Turkish um, Islamic devotional song that uh, we're going to do. So he's going to come and sing with us. And my singer, Eleanor, will sing it in Hebrew and Arabic, and he will sing it in the original Turkish. Oh, beautiful. It's a beautiful devotional song about becoming one and how we are all one. Uh, So uh, we originally translated it to Hebrew and Arabic as one of the songs that we played in the Middle East to promote peace between Israelis and Palestinians. So we do it in Arabic and Hebrew, giving that message. But the original poem is by a Sufi poet from Turkey named Yunus, and he wrote it in Turkish. Mm -hmm. So 
I found, uh, through my contact to the Muslim uh, community in Denver, I found a singer from Turkey who knows that very song and he knows the original Turkish. Mm. Come and sing with us the original Turkish and representing his community. Oh. In incredible event. Wonderful. My gosh, that is, that is quite a, an incredible event. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's going to be very colorful, very uh, interesting. Um, I, I encourage children to, mm-hmm. you know, to bring children and the whole family. It's not a long program. We're doing it without intermission. It's about 75 minutes, okay. one, one stretch, and every song is different. Every song has a different color because it comes from a different culture. Mm-hmm. And almost every song we will have a guest artist okay. that brings a different uh, color, a different instrument. Mm-hmm. It, it will be it will, it will be very entertaining for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing one number with uh, the the drummer from Ecuador, from the indigenous tradition, uh, that is all dedicated to the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they have a term called Pachamama. Pachamama, Pachamama sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it, it's recognizing that the earth is our mother, that we, we come out of the earth. Mm-hmm. In the Hebrew, we know that the first human was called Adam. Mm-hmm. Adam, And Adam comes from the word Adama in Hebrew, which means Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. So in the Hebrew, it's very clear that our... Our name, human, the, our first name that we're giving to us, Adam, is is straight from the word earth. Mm. So a, to represent that we came out of the earth. And mm. so we have this very intimate relationship that we have to remember mm-hmm. in order not to destroy our right. mother. Right. So, so there's one part of the concept that is dedicated to that theme. There are seven themes okay. in the concept, and it's called seven, seven uh, pillars of wisdom. Yeah. Uh, seven pillars of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And um, if I may, I'll tell you where it came from. Yes, uh, I would love to hear that. So in the Hebrew Bible, there's, in, in one of the books that's related to King Solomon, he wrote a, a wisdom book. In Hebrew, we call it Kohelet, uh, and he wrote, there's one sentence there. It says that wisdom, wisdom has seven pillars. Mm-hmm. And it's referred to wisdom as a feminine, Sophia. It's mm. like Sophia. The feminine has four pillars. But it, it's not indicated in, in the book of King Solomon or all the Hebrew Bible. It's not indicated what are those seven pillars that are holding wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's not Anywhere. Wow. And so, and so um, a Sufi teacher and a Sufi leader named Pir Zia Inayat Khan, who is based in Richmond, um, Virginia, he is part of his, and he's a PhD of religion from, from Duke University of uh, compar- comparable, comparative religion. So he, he's, a, he's a scholar, he's an academic scholar of many different religions. And he took it on himself one year, about 10 years ago, to meditate on the question, what are the seven pillars that are mentioned in the Hebrew Bible for mm-hmm. Sophia? 
and he he studied it he meditated on it finally he put it to his dream his dream time so he asked himself the question every night before he went to sleep and the answers came to him in a dream no and the answers will be what I'm, I will be sharing it in the concert in between the songs and there are seven songs each song I chose to represent that theme Oh, okay. and 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 our connection to mother earth that's that's pillar number three mm-hmm. uh there's uh, another pillar is all the saints and teachers the mystics and the teachers that have ca- came to, to humanity mm-hmm. uh, we have to respect all the saints and all the masters all the teachers uh, th- that is another theme you know and there's there's seven themes and it kind of rises that at the end, the seventh, the seventh pillar is, once we understand all the previous six pillars of wisdom, the seventh is, is action, meaning we, we have to take a pledge. We have to take, um, we, we have to do something in this world to serve that construction of wisdom. You know, sure. so wisdom without action at the end it's just academic. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the seventh pillar is really, it's all about social action, okay. social, justice, social action in the world. So, uh, so it's, it's a beautiful poetic description. And I'll share some of those poetic uh, with music in between the songs. And then the songs will kind of be an experience, not intellectual understanding, but an experiential feeling of what is each of the pillars mm-hmm. and um, uh, it, it's a very special program i'm really gl- i'm really delighted that reverend simon chose that program because i have several programs in my repertoire okay reverend simon asked me to do the seven pillars of wisdom program it's a very special very deep um so I, it's wonderful that you you are hosting it oh we're very much looking forward to it Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. This is going to be fabulous. Thank you for taking this time with me today. And again, if you're watching this interview, please know that you can join us on Friday, April 12th. It's going to be at 7 p.m. in our main sanctuary. And um, we have a love offering, a suggested love offering of 10 to $15. And we welcome all. And as you've all has said, it's open to everyone, families, bring your children. We are looking forward to hosting this beautiful interfaith event. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yes, looking forward very, very, very soon. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.